everyone, uh, welcome to the first episode of the 4K Baseball Podcast. I'm Georgie. I'm Ross. And today we're going to be talking about the baseball season that is only a few days away. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, July 19th, and probably this episode is going to get out the next day on Monday, which will mean that yeah. baseball will be only two or three days away, if I'm right. Yeah, uh, July 23rd, the opening day. Hey, I just, I was just talking uh, with someone, I was like, at least we're going to get a one week of baseball and then who knows what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for this first episode, I mean, we talked about it and we think the best way would be for us to kind of go over some of the news that's out there right now and uh, then pick out our division winners. We'll go through pretty much each team and, and see where they at, where uh, we think they will be by the end of this 60-game season, if that uh, season finishes, and then we'll pick out uh, and predict our award winners, the MVPs, yep. MVP, Cy Young, and, of course, the World Series matchup. Additionally, yep. uh, we have a great interview for, uh, for this episode. We'll talk with Coach Michael Johnston who uh, is helping out and uh, growing, helping out to grow uh, baseball in Europe. So if you don't want to listen to us, you can skip back to the interview. I'm guaranteeing you a lot of, a lot of good insight and a lot of fun stories that Coach Michael shared with us. And then we'll end this episode with some fun it, with a fun segment at the end where we will be choosing uh, we'll go through some of the matchups of players uh, within some of the best teams so uh, stay yeah. for that but okay let's get started with the latest news baseball is only a couple of days away and Blue Jays cannot play in Toronto so yeah that's that's going to be a little bit different. The Blue Jays being, I don't know if they should be called the Toronto Blue Jays anymore. Just, <laughs> maybe just take on the Florida Blue Jays for a little bit. Yeah, I, I think, like, I was going through the news, and, I mean, we talked, I, I immediately sent it to you, Ross, and honestly, I don't, yeah. I mean, like, there won't be fans, so I don't see it as a big of a problem there as – like, let's say them not being able to play if there were fans out there. That's true. Uh, That's true. But definitely, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how all that's going to work out. I think they're going to play in Buffalo, if I'm correct. Uh, really? Are we at the minor yeah. league stadium? Yeah, so I'm, okay. reading, I'm reading over the news right now. You still have to make the decision – yeah, but I think, yeah, I think they're gonna play either in Buffalo or, of course, in Florida. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Florida is where spring training is mostly happening. Even though yeah. I'm not sure about Florida as much as I'm uh, sure about other places. But yeah, it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see about the Blue Jays where they end up. Uh, especially, I think, uh, I think 
even I think Buffalo would be a good place because uh, that means they won't have to travel as much, which you know, especially in the division that they're in, right? Yep, exactly. And and the raw. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to touch on, like from the very beginning, is the the traveling part and uh, the way how the the divisions are the, the games are laid out. You won like the teams won't have to travel as much, and I think, uh, and I have. I have here in front of me um, the mileage of teams traveling where the uh, Rangers, Astros, Mariners, and A's and Rockies are the five teams that have to travel the most Mm -hmm. uh, because of uh, their matchups where Rangers have to play in in California and vice versa. Uh, So that's going to be a little bit challenging for them. Whereas like the teams where as the, the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Brewers and, and the Reds, even, I mean, even the Pirates or Yankees, they don't have to travel as much. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where Blue Jays are going to end up on that list, depending on where, where they play. Um, yeah. I think it'll make a lot make it a lot easier for them not to – having to travel across international borders constantly just to play a game down because there's no one else north of the border for them to play, basically. And so I think it'll be really helpful for them to just go down to New York or maybe if they stay down in New York or stay down in Florida because a lot of their teams are already in that area. So just limiting the travel, I even feel like it was a really beneficial thing for the, the Canadian government to prevent them from playing in Canada yeah and and I think that's you know that's a different topic and different thing I was I was just listening to something on on baseball and uh, this guy was talking about do we really need baseball or is it like beneficial or is it like do we actually need baseball to be played right now from like a health standpoint and just everything that's happening in the world of course not but yeah since we do have the possibility of that happening, or I mean, it, it actually will be happening, uh, we might as well just enjoy it. And I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, part of the podcast would be that, yes, there's a lot more uh, important issues that are happening in the world right now. But I mean, we're just two two guys talking baseball, love baseball. So yeah. we'll we'll you know we're not gonna talk a lot about the other stuff. We'll let those that are you know in a position of knowledge and and with uh, power, uh, let's say, to to talk and decide about that. And as long as there's baseball, we'll talk baseball. If not, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure out something. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, the, there was this uh, Freddie Freeman interview the other day uh, where yeah, he, talked about, he talked about uh, just the, the struggles he went through and how, he, how it felt uh, to go through um, being positive on the coronavirus. He was one of the first when uh, players reported uh, to be announced that has actually contracted the virus. So um, yeah, it, it was it was hard to 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 read that, and I mean, 
my heart goes goes to him and to all of those that are having uh, that experience or similar ones. Uh, whether that's baseball or not doesn't really matter. But yeah, the good thing that I, I guess we see now that the numbers of players and staff that had the virus is going down. Uh, so Freeman is back. I know uh, some of my guys from the Red Sox are back. Um, yeah. That's 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 good. That's positive. Well, not, who's not back though is Yasiel Puig. <laughs> yes, you wanna we wanna talk about it? All right. So for the record, again, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm I'm slightly biased against Mr. Puig. So I was I when I saw that he signed with the Braves, I was a little little upset. I'm not. I wasn't sure how I felt about that because the Braves are a solid team, and I, I just can't root for basically any team with Puig. That's that. It, it's. I really have to love the team if they if it, if I'm rooting, if Puig's on the team. So, that was hard. And then once I thought that it was all over and he was with he was a Brave. Apparently, he tested positive, which I, I'm sorry that I'm sorry, Mr. Puig, that that happened to you. But at the same time, now you're no longer on the Braves. So it's it's a I feel kind of conflicted about oh he's he's sick, but at the same time now he's not on the Braves and having I have to root against them. So I I feel a little torn between those two feelings right now. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, for me, I don't really have an opinion on Puig as as a player. Person or whatever, but definitely it would have been nicer to see him on some team. Or I mean, I still hope he's gonna get signed, uh, just so I can have the discussion with you and uh, and hear how much you don't like seeing him yeah. roster. Uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how all that happens. I think Puig is still a good player that can help a contender as especially yeah, for sure. uh and you know i'm sure he'll find his place i i was i mean i'm surprised he's he hasn't been signed even before this corona thing hit so it, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see where he lands but uh i wanted to go over because there has been players that opted out uh, so I wanted. I have a list in front of me that I, I think is correct for now. Things might also change. So by the time you, if you're listening to this, you know things might be different. But players who have opted out are Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman on the Nationals, Joe Ross on the Nationals, Ian Desmond on the Rockies. And if uh, you want to find out about Ian Desmond, please go to his uh, social media pages and read what yeah. he. Is left it's really profound and i encourage everyone to go out and read it tyrus tyson ross is a free agent who's opted out wellington castillo on the nationals opted out david price on the dodgers felix hernandez uh also opted out on the braves nick mark markakis on the braves I'll hector Yep, Hector Nosey on the Pirates, Buster Posey. We're going to talk yeah. about this one. Um, yeah, Michael sure. Kopech on the White Sox, Jordan Hicks on the Cardinals, and there have been 11 umpires who have also opted out. Really? But, yeah, 
Yeah, there has been 11, 11 MLB umpires who have opted out uh, reportedly. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, let's talk about Buster Posey. How do you feel about it? So as much as I hate Puig, the, I, I, I love Buster Posey. Buster Posey, as a Giants fan, I just grew up watching him. He's just, and I'm still growing up, uh, and just watching him, he plays the game so clean. He's a hard worker. He's a catcher, which is, to be honest, my personal opinion, the most underrated position on the field. He And he's taken a beating over so many years, but somehow he happened to win Rookie of the Year. He happened to have an MVP trophy. And at the same time, he got three World Series rings as basically their three and four hit, hole hitter. And so I love, I love the dude. I love what he stands for. And so when I heard, first heard that he was coming off and he wasn't able to play this season I was I was I'm not gonna lie I was I was pretty upset and I was pretty confused because he I mean he's my favorite player I one of the reasons I love watching the Giants baseball especially now that they're not doing that well is because of Buster Posey and then just show just goes to show how much class he has he decided not to play because recently he adopted two um two twins two identical twin girls who were born prematurely. And because of the risk that he could have been exposing them to with traveling and playing baseball, he decided to opt out. I mean, you can't get any more classier than that. Like Buster Posey also also just spends a lot of money on cancer research. You can look at that. He's He's been elected for, I forgot the name of the award, but basically he's been elected I want. I want to say the best person award. I don't. I, I forget the name of it, but he's been. I mean, just the dude's amazing. He's been solid uh, baseball player, but even more a solid person as well. And so, I I feel I I a lot of love is coming out to Buster Posey right now for me. Yeah, and I mean having watch much of him i'm not a, a giants fan or have been able to watch a lot of giants games so yeah I, I mean for me when i see someone opting out i don't need the reason anymore i mean honestly it's a tough situation for everyone of course it's it's tougher on someone else than it's another especially when you're family with kids and all that um so if someone some of the players say they are opting out they don't even need to give me a reason anymore because who am i to to judge someone and put that's big that's going to be put in that position to play in in this time uh, of course, I love watching baseball, and I would watch pretty much every game that I have a chance to do it. Uh, but if one player doesn't feel safe or secure to play it, that's fine with me. You know, can't I can't blame anyone for for choosing to do that. So uh, that's that's what I I would say on, on that front. And I think, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And I think. Uh, throughout the season, uh, for those that don't know, players can opt out at any time. So 
that's that's always gonna gonna be a possibility and it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that's gonna affect uh, each and every team uh, so uh, of course they're not gonna be paid if they opt out but they have that possibility and and if someone decides they can do it uh, but yeah it's it's gonna be a crazy season it's gonna be nothing we've seen so far and yeah uh the rules i think we mentioned in our intro episode but let's just go over them before we start a prediction um yeah the dh universal universal in both leagues so that's i think that's good we'll see how that works maybe it'll be Maybe it'll be implemented from next year, but definitely for this year, it'll be interesting to see some of the teams having a DH on their team instead of a pitcher. So yeah, you know, it's it's a new thing. It's it's a it's it's gonna it's gonna I think, in my opinion, it's gonna be more exciting because that's an extra hit. I mean, I sure love to see JD Martinez hitting instead of I don't know Chris Sale hitting. So for yeah, Red Sox, it sure. doesn't change much, but for other teams that haven't had the chance, it will change. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there have been some pitchers that are really good hitters, but uh, most often they're not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you guys with the Giants have had yeah. that chance, which, by the way, it's going to be so – uh, so strange to see Bumgarner in a Diamondbacks uniform. It, it, uh, it will be, yeah, yeah. It's gonna yeah. be a little bit awkward. But we'll we'll see how that goes. And then we have uh, the rule of runner on second, uh, yeah. extra innings. And but what I read before this episode, it's only gonna be for the season, not postseason. So uh, interesting. Yeah, that's what I read. I, I think it's right. Uh, but I think this is one of the rules that's probably going to stay because they have been implementing it and trying it out in the minor leagues uh, for a few years now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it does it does speed up the game a little bit. Uh, and I think it's going to it's going to eventually help out with the introduction to the game to other people that maybe it'll definitely make it shorter hopefully yeah i mean for me i don't really care much i'll watch the game no matter how long it is especially if the red sox are playing but definitely for you know when you introduce the game to someone and you tell them that the game might go on for for a long while it's not it's not the best look yeah it's not And then, uh, like the the last one I would mention is that the relief pitcher has to pitch to has to face three batters at least or finish the inning. So yeah. uh, that's yeah. I, I like that rule. That makes sense to me. Where because I I love this strategy of baseball, but I mean, you don't need a lefty lefty matchup for one batter because. Yeah. That that bothers me a little bit. I know you're trying to win a game, but as a fan, I still would rather just see the dude face three batters. And so I think that that'll be a a, a beneficial rule, to be honest. Yeah, and and again, back to the back to the speeding up the game. It's the same thing. When you change pitchers yeah. every every batter, it slows the game down. 
So, yeah, you know, same as you. I, I like the strategy part of it, but sometimes it's just too much. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay, so let's move along. It's, it's MLB season. It's starting division. Uh, divisions are going to be uh, interesting to watch, and it, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to advance to the playoffs. Uh, but for now, what we're going to do right now is uh, we'll, we'll get every division. Uh, we'll start yeah. probably – okay, let, I think we'll start with AL East and we'll go uh, through all of them. We will say all a right. few words. We'll say a few words for, for all of the teams. I mean, some of the teams that are thinking, of course, we're not going to talk a lot about the Orioles or the – or the Tigers, Marlin. or, you yeah. know, some of those teams. But, you know, we'll try to include as many teams as we can and then pick our uh, division winners. We'll pick the the um, our World Series matchup, and then we'll pick up uh, our predictions for MVP Cy Young Award winners. So, Ross, you want to start us off with the AL East? Uh, All right. So... What do you see there? All right, so what I see is, um, once again, just an absolute monstrosity of a dynasty. Again, just one of the best. I'm just, I'm sorry, Georgie, but just one of the best, one of the best teams, like one of the best franchises in the world with the New York Yankees leading the front, in my personal opinion, coming for basically they're gonna they're not stopping for anybody this is their year basically they're they don't have any reason to slow down this year they don't have that many prospects anymore who are coming up they their prospects are in the prime they're they have not super expensive salaries that they're having to pay yet so now is the time when they should to start competing basically they just got garrett cole it's game time for the for the yankees so, um, just right off the bat, I'm sorry, but I'm, they're the winners. It's pretty clear. Their rotation is absolutely amazing. Now with Cole in the front, but you have Paxton, you have J.A. Happ, you have – and their bullpen is just absolutely amazing. With They, got, they still have Zach Britton. They have Aroldis Chapman, Chad Green, Adam Montavino, Tommy Canley. It – and then the outfield is amazing if it stays healthy. Um, they just that's that's just key. I feel like for the Yankees in particular, with two two big two what I was I would say bigger go home players with Aaron Judge and uh, John Carlos Stan, they need to stay healthy. Um, so that it, that's going to be key for the Yankees. And then also their infield is solid. Andujar, they have Gio Urshela, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, um, Luke Voigt at first base. It's just a solid. It's just a solid team overall. Even with the catcher Gary Sanchez, hopefully worked a little bit more on his defense, but hitting is great. They just need to stay healthy, and if they stay healthy, they can they can take it to the top. Yep. Um, no, I. I agree here. I wouldn't have anything to add. I, I would just say that this is the year for the Yankees. 
I mean, if like we'll we'll talk about the Dodgers too, but like if anyone would enjoy a shortened season, I would say that's the Yankees. Uh, yeah, they have the power. They have the 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 roster. They have everything, and they just need to stay healthy. And you said it. So I mean, uh, Yankees definitely. I think clear divisions division winners here. And man, yeah, not much that we can change that. We we can't really do much to change that. Um, yeah. So that's my thoughts on the Yankees going, but the rest of the division. Tampa Bay, probably another wild card team again. Just yep. really solid overall. Good pitching, good hitting. They just have a smart general manager and they have a smart coach. Yeah. And so they they're able to like find a way to win. And so Tyler, if Tyler Glasnow and Blake Snell stay healthy, those are your one-two starters right there. Then you just have just basically solid overall. Hopefully. Um, their catcher, Mike Zanino, starts hitting again, and then a solid solid infield behind you, and then their outfield, good defense and decent hitting as well. Again, if they, they just – they have a lot of players where it's like, I haven't really heard of them, but they're somehow winning with them. So it, I feel like it's a little bit, little bit of a money ball situation right here with them. So – uh, I guess we're gonna see how far Moneyball takes them. Oh yeah, I yeah. I think I think the pitching would be interesting to see for them. I think that's not their yeah. biggest shoot, so it'll be it'll be important. I mean, for them, kind of to stay on track with their their progression. I talked a little bit about them last episode. It was like it's gonna be interesting to see. I I, I expect uh, them. I expect the A's and the Angels to be in that like wild card uh, race, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe even you know the Twins or the White Sox, depending who wins uh, the division there. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I th- race my top two pick in this division. Uh, then I think it's gonna be on the Red Sox and the Blue Jays to kind of <laughs> battle it for third. Yeah. Uh, I personally think the Blue Jays are going to take it this year just with the young prospects out there coming up. They're here, basically. Vlad, Robichet, Kevin Biggio, they're all there. And I feel like if they wanted to, they could call up Austin Martin this year from Vandy. But that's just a hot take that I have. It's (laughs) you can you can decide what you want on on that. But they're they're a good team and they're going to. I feel like with the young core that they have, they're going to start hitting. And then their pitching is not even that bad with the addition of Hyunjun Ryu uh, in this offseason. Probably an underrated move, if you ask me. So I think that yeah. that, that could go really well for them. No, I, I agree. I agree. There they have been – I think they're here. You can say that. They might have like a year or two that I would add – you know, to be a, like a fully contender uh, potential team. But yeah, it's going to be exciting yeah. to watch Vlad Jr. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he uh, he's going to be doing this year. But definitely them and the Red Sox. I think uh, Colin McHugh just opted out uh, as we're yeah, this awesome. uh, because of the arm concern. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, what more can I say on the, on the Red Sox? Uh, we don't have our best our best pitcher. We just traded our best guy on the team. Uh, like, the lineup is really good. Like, we have that hitting power. We can run and we can score runs. But I, I'm, I, I don't think we'll be able to uh, score more runs than we allow. And, and that's going to be, yeah, like, yeah. the story of the Red Sox this year. I think if if Erod is, is ready to go and, and continuing uh, the form from last year, we're good at, like, at the games yeah. that he's pitching. But what's going to happen in the other games? I think Uvalde, he's a great pitcher. Uh, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think that's going to be the, the question of – Every game of the Red Sox, can we score more than we allow? And because yeah. of that, again, I'll be watching this season, not really expecting much of the Red Sox, and I'll be happy, happier that way. Um, but yeah, the Orioles, obviously the worst team in the division. There's not, uh, there's not to say. Yeah. They're not going to, no, there's no more 108 loss Orioles this year, though. No, see, so, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so. I am. I think they'll. They have Austin Hayes and they have John Means. And other than that, they're they're pretty easy pickings for the AL and NL East. Yep. Just for this year, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And moving moving on to the AL Central, we have the Tigers, who are same as the Orioles. Uh, so let's get yeah. them out of the way right away. Um, so here I was like. There are three teams that I think could both like all three can win the division. Uh, yeah, I my pick would be uh, the White Sox. Really? I I I don't know. Like, I know they're most likely going to be the wild card, but I want to see them succeed this year. I want to what they're going to be exciting to see. Uh, just all the young prospect they have, all the all the talent they've got. Man, I'm going to be rooting for the White Sox in this division, and I want to pick them as, yeah. as the division winners. So that's my pick. I think the Twins are going to be good. I think the Indians are going to be good. But I would I would choose the White Sox over both of these teams, while the Royals, I think, are going to be like the, the rebuilding team in this division. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, again, Detroit – I'm sorry, you're probably out of the race again. If you can call up Casey Mize, I might watch a game or two. So, depends on uh, – yeah, and if Miguel Cabrera is back and he's he's hitting a little bit more, you'll, you'll win a couple more games this year. But those are both two questions that no one has answers to quite yet. Um, I would say, again, Kansas City – I'm sorry, you're out of it for another while. You have Bobby Wood Jr. coming up soon. You have Brady Singer as well in the in in the future, but you might have to wait a little bit more. You can enjoy Jorge Soler's 40 home runs again. Well, not 40 home runs this year, probably more like 15 or 20 or something like that. We'll see. But he's a fun player to watch, so enjoy him. Um, yeah, so I agree that the three teams that actually have a chance are Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago White Sox. Mm, I'm personally a, a kind of a Cleveland fan. Like, after the Giants, I go for Cleveland. 
I love Francisco Lindor. The the guy knows how to have fun playing baseball. You can't you can't hate Francisco Lindor. The guy has energy. He's smiling. He's fun. He's a little bit flashy. Switch hitter. There's not much else to say. He's just a solid, solid player. But unfortunately, I don't think he'll be able to carry them to a a title win this year. That that will be pretty – that'll be sad for me, but it, it's just the facts. Um, Chicago White Sox, it's between – I'm rooting for Cleveland, but probably the White Sox have a better shot in this division at wild card just with their – I mean, again, I talked about them. They're the surprise team. They have a good young core, um, good pitching, with, and then good offseason ads. It just – they're – solid overall just like unfortunately michael kopek opted out i'm a little bit frustrated at that i was looking forward to seeing him pitch but maybe maybe a different season um so hopefully hopefully soon kopek um but they're definitely they're definitely ready to play they have a good young core and if luis robert comes up i'm giving him my highest pick for the AL Rookie of the Year, too. So we'll see. But the winner of the division is the Minnesota Twins. I'm personally not a huge Twins fan. They just don't seem super, super, super young and super crazy and super, super fun. But they're, they just know how to win. I feel like their team is made up of a bunch of people that Again, they kind of moneyballed it. They they have a lot of smart decisions, and they know. But to be fair, they do know how to hit dingers. Yep. So, um, with the addition of Donaldson, and then they have a solid shortstop in Jorge Polanco, outfielders Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, designated hitter Nelson Cruz. Pitching is pretty solid. Jose Brios leading the way. Rich Hill is there. Kent Maeda is there now. Jake Odorizzi is there. Like, they're, they're a solid team. Don't get me wrong. And Mitch Garver, as well as a catcher, knows how to rake and can catch a little too. So they will probably win the division. Will they, will they win the series? Um, no. But they will – They'll definitely be in the way of everyone in the AL and NL Central. That, I mean, that's that's for sure. I think, yeah, I think this is one of the best divisions that we have. Uh, three solid teams. Uh, Royals are not that yeah. much behind. Like they are behind, but they're still not not that they're bad. They're not there yet. Yeah, no, but still, Tigers obviously terrible. Uh, they're probably the worst team, but we'll see. I think, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be, it's going to be exciting to watch twins versus the white Sox and, and Indians versus both of these teams. So, man, it's going to be exciting, exciting to watch baseball. Uh, it's again, white Sox, Luis, have you seen Luis Robert and hitting those homers, man? Yeah. Like he can, he's falling down and he hits a homer. Like the and how old is he? Let me see. I think I have twenty. The top I think he's twenty two. He's twenty two. He's twenty two and nope. six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds, outfielder. The kid knows how to rake. He just 
knows how to do that. That's it, it's in his blood, and so I no, feel it, like he he's gonna be solid. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. yeah. So moving moving along because we we we're taking too much time already. Uh, yeah. Al West. Uh, man, I'm. I don't know here. Like, I want to. I don't want to say Astros, but I feel like it's going to be the Astros. It's just, I think everyone's going to be against them. I mean, no one. Okay, no one's really talking about their cheating scandal, but once we start playing and once we see them, of course, that's all what we're going to be talking about them. But, and Fragman is going to be good. Verlander is going to be crazy good. It, I gotta go with the Astros here. Yeah, I agree. I have them. I have them too. It's just I wasn't super happy about that one either. But infield is actually one of the best in the games. Yuli Gurriel at first base, Altuve at second, Correa at short, Bregman at third. That's just that's just amazing right there. That so that if they stay healthy, they know how to hit whether they have the signs or not they know how to hit definitely and and again the ace are gonna be good i think they're like they're probably one of the best contenders for the wild card i think the angels if they figure out their pitching are gonna be good we were just talking with with coach michael about that uh because he's a huge angels fan so Man, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Showtime. That's going to be exciting yeah. to watch. Not going to lie. It will be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I think Astros are going to go first. The other two teams, Rangers and Mariners, I don't – like, Rangers, not – they're going to be all right, but their defense is terrible. And I – Yeah. I, I – Yeah. Not not even worth mentioning both these teams because you have so good three teams that obviously are going to be the most important ones in this division. Uh, yeah. Again, I think A's are going to yeah going to be exciting. I think last year uh, they were really good. Um, this year they're going to just continue doing that. Um, and not much to say here, honestly. Yeah, I would say Astros with the win. Uh, Oakland and uh, Los Angeles batting, battling out at least for second place in division. No one knows yep. about wild card. Texas Rangers, I'm going to say, actually are going to surprise several people. You might forget that they have a really good pitching. They got Corey Kluber, Mike Miner. They have um, – I forget who else they have. I'm blanking on it. Lance Lynn is his name. They have several good pitchers right there. And then they can hit a little too. Um, but so they're going to be, I think, a little bit more of a surprise. But again, it's not, they don't, they're not placed in the easiest division. Yeah. And again, after San Francisco, after Cleveland, I like Seattle. I like Seattle because they're fun. They're, they're, that's a cool city. And I love their colors. And they got one of the best announcers in the game. And, they're just a they're a cool place, and I I'm I'm sorry, but they're just gonna suck for a little bit this year. Yep. They're not gonna be they're not gonna win the division. Um, they I mean not saying that these guys are crap players, they're major league players, but they're not they're just not there yet. 
again, looking forward to Jared Kelnick. When I saw him hit that ball on that Frisbee, like on command, it's like, this guy knows how to, how to hit. So that'll be a lot of fun, but you need to weigh a little bit more Seattle. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. No, I agree. I think another name I, I'm just going to drop is Matt Chaplin for the A's. I think he's going to be good this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to, that's all I'm going to say about pretty much all these divisions. And I'm probably going to repeat myself too many times, but man, excited to have baseball back. Uh, okay. Yeah. Moving along. We stay West NL West, your favorite division. All right. Man. Yeah. Do you want me I'm just to gonna get it? it over. I'm just going to get this over with quickly. Dodgers win. That just that's that just, you don't have anything I don't have anything else to say. They're just again, one of those dynasties that always seems to be right there. Somehow they're able to get young stars, keep their solid veterans, and also have young prospects in the in their the farm system. It's they're they're just geniuses. I'm gonna give credit to where credit is due. So um again it's just unfair. the The rest of the NL West is not super amazing. We have we we have a couple solid teams, but nothing that's like worth like going over it intensely. Um, no, Bell- no, Dodgers going with Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. Just a solid bullpen rotation is even good. Losing like one of their best pitchers in Hyunjin Ryu, and then. Maybe maybe the best outfield in baseball with with Cody Bellinger, with Mookie Betts, with AJ Pollock, who had a bad year last year but was an MVP candidate two years ago. Like they're good. That's it. I don't feel like commenting any further. Yeah, no. Um, I, I agree. I think this division, the entire one, like the diamond the diamondbacks are gonna be all right. The Padres are getting there. Uh, the Rockies are... Yeah, they're going to be in a couple years, yeah. Yeah, the Rockies are really uncertain what's going to happen with them. So, yeah. that's, I guess... They're be- always a threat with Arenado, though. Just with Arenado and Trevor Story, they know how to hit, so... No, that... And, and he is best at his position, like, hands down. Love watching him. Love. Why? You think he, he? I don't know about hands down, Yorgi. Like the third base, the third third base is the most jack position in baseball. I don't know about how, hands down. Okay, maybe, we maybe, can. Maybe. Okay, let let's have this discussion some other episode because let's yeah. let's finish through the divisions. It, it's good. Yeah. I'll 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 write it down. Third base. Yeah. Discussion. We'll have it, but let's let's continue. With the rest. Yeah. And yeah. The Giants again, are the Giants, Let's go Giants. But no, I'm sorry. We're not yeah. winning the division this year. Yeah. In a couple years, boys, we're going to be back there, but not yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Giants. You guys are going to be last. Um, yeah. NL, NL Central. Now, this one is going to be NL. interesting, too. I think yeah. this Pirates are obviously the worst team here, but Cubs, yeah. Brewers, Cardinals, all the same level, if you ask me. Even even the Reds with Castellanos think, and 
The Reds See, are going to surprise think, people. I think the Reds are going to be uh, what White Sox is for the AL. Uh, the Reds are going to be for the NL. I think their yeah. pitching is good. I think I think uh, their acquisitions with Castellanos and Mustakas, man, it's going to be good. It's going to yeah. be fun to watch. Uh, fun to watch the Reds. Now their defense is a little bit uh, not as good, but I think that they're, they're my pick for this division. I think they're going to win yeah. NL Central and they're going to be good postseason comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for this for this division, it was hard for me to try to choose. I'm actually going to go with the Chicago Cubs winning the division. Just, again, their pitching is okay, but just their infield they with Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo's back. If they stay healthy, they're going to be solid always. Nico Horner is there. Yahavi Baez is there. Their outfield is less than stellar, but it's solid. And their pitching is good too. And it's just going to be a lot of – It's. I feel like they probably are going to be – Pretty good, but I don't think they're going to make it to the NLCS, but they're going to make it to the postseason, I feel like. St. Louis and Milwaukee are also really good. St. Louis, uh, I was trying to decide between them and the Cubs for the division. Just really good with their infield is just really good. Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, Colton Wong. Outfield, again, not amazing. Um and then pitching is actually pretty good with Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis can give you some innings, Dakota Hudson can give you some innings, Carlos Martinez can get you some innings, and Andrew Miller basically to shut the door at the end. Yeah. Catcher is not a weak spot. They're they're a good team too, but the Cubs I just feel like have those star players that that are that need to succeed right now i'd say and so I, that's why i'm going with uh chicago again milwaukee you're kind of you're in you're hovering i i don't know what to do with you you <laughs> lost a couple think, good players i i think they're a good wild card contender yeah they're a good wild card contender but maybe not so much the division maybe if christian yellow just goes off yeah like super hard but again it's going to be a little bit it's going to be a little bit hard for you guys to just always just, yeah, it's not an easy division for you guys. Not at all. But yeah, again, it's going to be, Yelich is going to be exciting to watch uh, and we'll see how it's going to come back from his injury. So um, fun division all in all. I picked the Reds, you picked the Cubs. We'll see who, who is going to be right in the long run. And the last one is NL East. Man, now this, this one's the top. most competitive division, in my opinion. Like this one is just stacked. And yeah. I took, I, I had to bring up four of the teams because, like, I was looking at the rosters earlier today, trying to decide, and I was like, I have to bring up the Nationals and the Braves and the Mets and the Phillies. Sorry, Marlins, you're in no, a tough spot. Yeah, they're they're the worst team hands down in this division man any see any of these four teams could win this division yeah it's gonna it's gonna be man it's gonna be tough i think 
I am going to go with the Nationals, though. Really? Yeah, I think, yes, they lost Rondon. Yes, Ryan Zimmerman is not going to play. But I still think they have uh, they have good enough team to win the division. I think Juan Soto, who I'll mention him yeah. again afterwards, I think he's going to be great. Uh, and man, the pitching is there. Uh, Scherzer, man, yeah, I I think the Nationals are gonna win it. I think the Mets are gonna be right behind. I think the Braves and the Braves and the Mets are gonna be right behind both of these teams. I can't really pick out who's gonna be the second, but yeah, the Phillies. Sorry, Bryce Harper. I think you're gonna be fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's where I'm at. All right. I I had to like just write down a couple thoughts just with there's just four questions that I feel like are deciding factors for each of these teams. So, I'm just going to start Nationals. You got like the one of the best rotations in baseball. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, and then whoever you pick as number 5, I don't care. It doesn't it, you're just going to get some innings from whoever. Um I'm wondering, can they hit their way to the division? That's my question for them. Can they? Can Juan Soto? Juan Soto can't carry the entire team by itself. Trey Turner's need, gonna need a hit. Their Carter Keyboom, who's gonna replace Rendon at third, needs to hit. Um, they just Eric Thames at first for Zimmerman needs to hit. Their catchers need to hit. I'm just wondering, can they hit their way to the division win? They can pitch their way, but I don't know if they can score those runs. Um, with the Braves, they have a better rotation than people think and a, bull, a bullpen that is just, honestly, just loaded with weapons. With Mark Melanson there now, they got um, Will Smith there. It's just a lot of good pitchers right there. Um, and, again, hitters, just absolutely – it's just insane the amount of young talent that the Braves have. Um, Ozzy Albies is there, Dansby Swanson, Ronald Acuna, Marcelo Zuna there now, Austin Riley caught fire. Uh, their catchers are pretty solid too. It's just going to be, um, my question for them is can they become clutch? Cause they lost to the, they lost game five to the, the St. Louis, if I remember correctly. Yep. Just they just got demolished by them in their last game. And so I'm wondering, can they be clutched this season? Because with 60 games, a lot more is at risk every game. So that's what I'm going to say for them. Um, Mets, decent rotation, even with taking uh, Noah Syndergaard out of the equation. You just, you guys are just solid overall. Let's see who you guys got. I need Jacob DeGrom, again, amazing. Uh you got Rick Porcello. You have Marcus Stroman. Michael Walker will get you some innings. Steven Matz will get you some innings. Uh, Edwin Diaz is going to do better this season, I think. And Dylan Patances is definitely a solid pitcher as well. Um, those are basically – that's just a good pitching right there. And their hitting is pretty good too. Pete Alonso's back. Robinson Cano needs to hit. Jed, like they just have a bunch of these players where it's like they can – they can catch fire. Like they've, they've, they're known for having hot spurts and Yohannes Cespedes is back as well. 
my question for them is, can they stay that hot though? Can they continue these hot spurts over and over and over again? Can, can Yohannes Cespedes stay hot for a longer period of time? Because they need, they need some cons consistency. And finally, the Phillies, um, just, I was going through it and I forgot how good they are. They have uh, a good, they have better pitching than think that people think they have. They had a bad year. But Jake Arrieta is there. Vince Velasquez, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola is, was a Cy Young contender not too long ago. Just really, really good. Catcher uh, with JTL Riamuto, a star. Infielders, Didi Gregorius, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, all of those stars. Outfielders, Jay Bruce, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, stars. Like, they, they definitely have the power. They definitely have the, the way to keep healthy. But my question is, can they stay healthy? Like, will they? Can they stay healthy for that long? And bigger than that, I feel like, can these stars win together? Because it's different when you're carrying the team, but baseball is not carrying the team sport. Like, you can have a Cy Young and you can just tank because he's only pitching once every five games. And you're hit. it doesn't matter how well your star hitter hits if you don't have anyone on base. It's about runs in baseball. You don't have to have the most amazing player in the game to be good. Look at the angels recently. They, with Mike Trout still haven't made it to the playoffs. And that's just, that's why they're going to do better this season. Cause they need to win with him. And so I feel like though, that the Phillies can win together. And that's why I'm actually picking them to win the division. I like a good underdog story. They have Philly is always a, a bad boy city for every single sport that they're in and so bringing that bad boy energy bringing the star power there i feel like they they're gonna they're gonna hit and pitch their way to potentially an nlcs we'll see but you could yeah. you could make a point for either of these four teams no that 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 is for sure i yeah again it's gonna it's gonna decide who's gonna stay healthy can decide who can hit uh, and whose uh, rotation is going to be longer. And it's going to be fun to watch this division. I mean, they're going to be playing against my Red Sox. They're going to be playing against the ALE. So I'll, I'll get to see all of them pretty much. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Um, just to go over all of it, we both picked Yankees for the AL East. Uh, for the AL Central, you picked the Twins. I picked the White Sox. AL West, we both, both picked, the, picked the Astros. NL West, the Dodgers. Uh, NL Central, uh, I picked the Reds. You picked the Cubs. And for the NL East, I got the Nats and you got the Phillies. And because we took too long, <laughs> let's go over the <laughs> yeah. individual awards. Uh, well, we'll try to these ones quick. Yeah, no, these ones are going to go quickly. We don't need to explain these uh, much, mainly because we talked about all of them, uh, both players and teams. Who are your MVP uh, candidate award winners? Um, for It's pretty simple. I'm not going with an underdog story. I'm going with players that I know are solid. Uh, AL MVP, Mike Trout, end of sentence, basically. Um and for NL MVP, Mookie Betts coming to the NL, and he's just going to hit and play his way.
to an MVP this season, I think. He had a better season than most people remember last year. Yeah. So I think he's going he's gonna to definitely succeed. No. I See, that was NL. I think it's either going to be Mookie Betts, uh, who I genuinely love him to succeed. Yeah, he's a fun I player. Love, I, I just love him. Uh, he's been great for the Red Sox and for me personally. So, uh, But I, I do think Juan Soto is the guy I would really? think here. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the guy in the in Washington. He's going to get all the chance he can get. He, he proved that he can do it last year. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Mookie gets it, but I, I'll go with Soto, of course, AL, Trout. If he plays, there's, it's like, can anyone win it but him? Uh, yeah, so exactly. That would be my pick. As for the Cy Young... What do you think? I'll let you go first. Cy Young, again, I feel like it's a two-horse race between basically, yeah, basically just stellar Garrett, pitching. Yeah, Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom, they're the two guys that everyone is betting on. But I feel like it's it's either Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander for the AL Cy Young again just because they consistently do it. And Garrett Cole, I think, is going to win it this year just because he's just amazing. And being in the Bronx is just definitely going to help his case, I feel like. And NL, uh, Cy Young, it's, again, Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. Pick your poison. Um, both amazing players. Jacob DeGrom is good, but I love Max Scherzer. That potentially the nastiest changeup in baseball a fastball that you 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 can't see and sliders and curveballs all over the place too so i'm going with scherzer so garrett cole and scherzer are my picks for this yeah this upcoming season i i think scherzer is going to be my pick i was thinking about walker bueller i think he's going to get have a great season with the dodgers um, yeah. But I'll go with 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 Scherzer. I think he's gonna be great uh, with the Nats. And then I'll pick Verlander just because I think uh, I think he's gonna be good. I, I mean, he's always been gonna be good. But after this whole cheating scandal, uh, I think he's gonna have that chip on his shoulder. That he wants to prove that he's yeah. good. Even though, you know, of course, the pitching wasn't the problem there. I think just that whole story will follow the Astros and will only fuel them to play better. And Verlander is going to yeah. be one of them. And, and, and also I don't want to see Garrett Cole succeeding as a Yankee. So there's that. That's, um, true. That's true. <laughs> but I think, yeah, world series matchup. If we don't say Dodgers Yankees, I think we will be dishonest. And yeah, I think, there's not much that needs to be said here. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. Just two powerhouses back at it again. It's but it'll be fun to watch. It they're both teams that people just love to hate, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. 
But uh, playoffs are still going to be good. I feel like the Dodgers, they still don't necessarily take away the win. Yankees is a little bit different. If they get, if the Astros come back, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. And yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, just it's just crazy the power that those two teams have. You know, and like the best thing about this is that if this actually happens and they're in the World Series, no matter when that happens, at least you're gonna yeah. root for the Yankees. I'm gonna root for the for the Dodgers, and we're gonna be as passionate as if Giants and the Red Sox were playing. So exactly. that's, that's something that I'm looking for uh, this year. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and, and hopefully uh, Yankees are not going to win it. Uh, but let's go with the interview with Coach Michael, and then we'll come back yeah. and talk, talk some more fun stuff at the end of this episode. All right, I'll talk to you then, Gergi. Welcome back on this first episode on the podcast. Today with us uh, is one of my, I mean, one of the people that really helped along the way, uh, at least for me to kind of get introduced to certain people and, um, and just learn a lot from him in his work over the past few years that we know each other. Uh, his name is Michael Johnston and he, uh, he is one who has helped start up baseball mainly in Kosovo uh, and is right now in, uh, I think, Missouri, U.S., uh, on his road trip. Hi, Coach. Hey, Gary. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. I'm excited to be part of uh, the first episode, uh, the first guest. I mean, that's that's quite an honor, so hopefully I can... I cannot stop. I'll not stop your podcast in its tracks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, we were when we were thinking, Ross and I, who can we get on the podcast? And like, I, like you were definitely one of the people that I wanted to have at any point of the podcast. But as a first guest, it was a no-brainer. And when you said yes, it was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, a little backstory uh, for those that are listening right now. Uh, Coach Michael and I, we kind of got in touch when I got back from the U.S. from my exchange year, and I sent out so many emails and wrote to so many people about maybe starting baseball in Macedonia, and he was the only one that actually responded, and uh, we got on a Skype call, and we talked, and I mean, nothing really happened out of that meeting, but definitely I was a lot more encouraged than I was beforehand. And just having uh, to get to know him was really good and following him what he's doing over the years. And then fast forward a couple of years, he was able to come to Skopje uh, and help us a little bit with some of the practices with the sluggers, which I joined as a coach once I moved to, to Skopje. So... Uh, let's start with like what got you to uh, baseball in in the first place, and then we'll move in in like your story with baseball in Europe. Obviously, I lived the American dream of growing up with baseball, uh, so it was just kind of you know it was the game that I loved. Um, I remember, you know, I was 
born in Venezuela, um, but I'm not as good as all the other Venezuelan baseball players. Um, but I, but I do remember on visits back to the States and in the early years going to some Oakland A's games and, and sitting with my dad. And um, obviously the love of the game comes from that. And then being able to, to start playing and mimicking what guys were doing on the TV and, and just trying to, to learn the game. And it just became uh, one of my great joys and passions. And I also played, played as I was growing up and, and, um, then kind of was away from the game for a little while and, and, um, ended up moving over to, to Vienna, Austria as a teacher, uh, working at an international Christian school. And, and at that point we thought we were, uh, walking away from the game entirely. And so this is where my, my ignorance of, of the growth of the game in Europe, um, has really, you know, played a part because we, we left all our gear in America and my son was, was 12 at the time. So he was right in the, the prime age of playing ball. And, and so we, we got over to Vienna and, and we had nothing. And then it turns out that there was some baseball there. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, uh, when I hear a story and like, you actually uh, have talked about this uh, and like, it was all accidental. So you, you come to Vienna and you were in, like, as you say, you were in planning, but how, like, how did you get introduced to it? Yeah, totally accidental. Um, you know, we, we just happened to, uh, and in the first couple of weeks of school, the, the local little league that's in Vienna had posted a, a flyer for signups for the, for the upcoming season. And, and so then we asked around and we're like, what is this? Is this some sort of joke or is there actually baseball being played here? And, um, yeah, it turns out that there was uh, a very active little league. Um, the American International Baseball Club was the, is the little league that's in Vienna, and um, and so we got got our son signed up, and he started playing and started practicing, and and you know I was standing out at a at a practice one day, and another American guy walks up to me, and he just he's like, "Hey, do you play ball?" And I said, "Well, it's been a while, but um, I'd be be happy to play again." and so he invited me out to a um, a friendly tournament that was that was being played the next day, and um, and it was a game. It was a tournament that I could play in, you know, being unregistered and, and just kind of a, a ringer type player. And um, so I walked out to that field wearing uh, wearing football uh, soccer um, <laughs> cleats and um, some some just training pants and a billabong you know it's a surf company hat um I, I didn't have baseball pants i didn't have spikes i i had nothing and i'm walking up and these guys you know i would imagine they're wondering who the heck is this this guy you know i mean he's obviously american but, um yeah and so that was my first experience you know as i walked up to that field it was kind of a field that was carved out of out of a forest and um had no clue what i was walking into and you know, that became uh, the beginning of my adventure within European baseball. And it was a, it's been a fun one so far. Yeah, definitely. And and we'll get to that more. But about that first tournament, did you hit anything or you strike out? <laughs> um, no, surprisingly, you know, I walk up and, and they kind of asked a little bit about me. Um, the manager, um, uh, of the team he's just like well what positions do you play and i'm like guys i haven't played like a a legit baseball <laughs> game in like four or five years um and they're like well 
that's okay. Um, can you can you play catcher? And and again, I hadn't played played catcher in four years. And I'm like, <laughs> but of course, I know that if I play catcher, I'm getting at bats, and I love to hit. So um, so they they wrote me in on the lineup as the cleanup hitter, um, starting wow. catcher. And I'm like, man, this is <laughs> this is gonna be. So the the first at bat. Um, I got up there and, and, you know, it took me a little bit to get my timing and, and, but I caught up with a pitch. I was a little bit behind it, uh, drove it out oppo, um, one hopper to the fence and I'm, I'm feeling good cause I made solid contact. And, and as I step out of the box, I hit a sand pit basically in the, in the left-handed batter's box <laughs> and I start falling. And so like I do that, that stumble, all the all 90 feet all the way to first base and I like fall on the base it should have been a stand-up double but instead it's a fall down single and oh, wow. and so, so <laughs> you know of course I you know I've learned pretty early on how to laugh at myself but everybody was laughing along with me because you know this this guy had just just fallen um I had a pretty good day that day though I I I I hit some balls. I, I got on base a bit and, and got to play a lot. And, and so after that got, got my paperwork started so I could be registered and, um, you know, joined the, the Vienna Metro stars club and, and was able to move back and forth between their, their top division team and their farm club, um, mainly play with their farm club. Cause I wasn't at all ready to commit to go into practice every mm-hmm. week. <laughs> so yeah. I just enjoyed showing up on, on the weekends and, and playing some baseball and, and in, hanging out with the guys. No, that's great. That's great. So can you explain us like for those, I mean, myself included, those of us that don't know, how does like the Austrian league work? So you said like there's farm clubs and there's like a top division teams. Yeah. So Austrian baseball um, has gone through some restructuring over the last few years. So I'm, I'm sure that my, my grasp of, of exactly how they're structured is, is, has changed a little bit, but, um, but they, they work very similarly to what, the football model is throughout Europe. Um, so clubs um, have various levels of teams that then serve as feeder programs to their top division team. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it basically the youth programs they, they train up their kids usually using coaches that are players on the older teams and they just kind of move up and the ones who get um, kind of, keep playing and progress to a, a high enough level, then those, those can move on to the top division teams. And um, I think right now there's, uh, I want to say eight teams in the, in the top division in Austria and they have two divisions, um, the East and the West. And, and uh, um, so then like at the two, there's the, the first division um, and then a second and third division of adult baseball that serve as kind of the feeder levels for, um, for the top division teams. That's, that's, that's good. And and how long did you stay in Austria? Uh, I mean, for how uh, long my, did you play there? Oh. Yeah, my first, my first time in Austria was for four years. So I had four seasons of playing with them. Um, and yeah, I left, it was between uh, 2011 and 2014 baseball seasons. Um, played, played predominantly with the Vienna Mets, uh, which is the, the farm team. Mm-hmm. Right. And how, how does your, your experience with Kosovo happen? So like yeah. you leave, you leave Austria and then what happens? You go back to the States or. 
Yeah. So during my time in Austria, I was uh, in charge of student ministries at the International Christian School. And what that meant was that we'd be taking groups of international students to other countries to do service projects and things like this. And um, because we were at a at an international school, there were lots of connections with other ambassadors and, and people within the international community. And and so one, one week, uh, just kind of at, in the middle of the middle of the school year, we had the Kosovar ambassador come and speak at our school. And so he had heard that we were sending teams, uh, groups of people um, and students to uh, to countries in Eastern Europe. And so he he said, hey, could we get a group to come down to, to Kosovo? And um, so at that point, we were just, just thinking through how we would get kids to go and just build relationships. And, and that somehow somebody said like, Hey, you play baseball, Michael, how about we do a baseball camp? And so I said, all right, let's, <laughs> I mean, I guess let's, um, you know, let's look at doing that. And then I said, well, does Kosovo even play baseball? And, and, um, not really at that point, like there yeah. was, there was a group of kids, um, that were, that had been part of the, they had attempted to start up um, the Kosovo Softball Federation. And, and so there had been some kids that were playing softball, um, but that had kind of lost steam and the people who were helping them had had, had left the country and kind of stopped supporting them. And um, yeah, so I started researching what that looked like and started organizing a baseball camp in uh, uh, planning. We ended up having that in the summer of 2014. Yeah, so baseball ha- camp happens. How many kids did show up? Did you have a lot of a lot of thir- a good turnout? Yeah, you know we 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 had some good partnerships with with folks in Kosovo, um, where where some local guys were were able to connect us with a school, and so we ended up doing the camp as part of the end of the year school program. Like they they scheduled in like this is for our students everybody's going to be there so we ended up having 200 kids at our first camp nice. um yeah and uh that was that was a bit overwhelming um it had been a while since i had i had done anything within like the summer camp model and so um fortunately we had some folks that responded to our request for help who who came over from the states to help coach and and help manage that but but that was kind of the you know when we saw what the excitement level was and 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 that there was some kind of natural baseball talent there um you know everybody kept asking us what was next you know and at that point like we're well, we're doing this camp, you know. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Austria, and, and then who knows what'll happen, right? We weren't we weren't planning too far out at that point, um, but the question kept coming up, like what's next, what's next, what's next, and so, um, you know that that's kind of how we ended the camp with that question hanging over us of what's next. Yeah, and, and you go back, and what are you thinking? Do you want to go back to Kosovo and do something else, or do you just want to? you know, ignore those questions. <laughs> no, I mean, those <laughs> questions excited me, right? Like, um, but, you know, as, as we, as a family, you know, we're, cause by that point, you know, our daughter had been born, our son was, was going into the high school age. And, and so we just, you know, we, we didn't really know, like we, we, 
you know, this isn't something that anybody has, has, has written a book on yet, really. There's a, there, I mean, there is a, a pretty good book on, on European baseball, but, um, but there hasn't anybody that has actually written the book on how do you start uh, a sport in a new country. And, and that wasn't even really the idea at, at the first time. Like at first it was just like, all right, well, we've made these friendships. We've made these relationships. There's, there's people in Kosovo who are asking us to do something with baseball and inviting us in. So you know, we started really considering what that could look like. And so at that point, we made the decision to leave Austria. And we started pursuing what the possibilities were of moving to Kosovo to try to introduce baseball um, and try to build community. You know, a, a big a big drive for us is to to build relationships with people. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's it's how and why you and I are connected. You know, yeah. if, if I can share my passion uh, and my my skill set and my knowledge of the game with you, um, you can have a, a lot higher impact within your home than than I could. And so that was kind of the idea. We started seeing these local dudes that loved baseball that wanted to be that that just wanted to play and wanted to get others in their country to play the game. And so we thought you know it'd be better if we were there um, at that point. And so so we made the move. We we started the Kosovo Baseball Initiative. We got somebody to to drop a logo and and. Which is pretty good one. Well, yeah, it's a classic baseball, classic baseball logo designed by a librarian who has no connection to baseball, but just like I, I, you know, she just went for it, and it's, um, it's a good one. It's it's a good classic baseball logo. Um, But even then, like our vision for what we thought we were going to do, we thought at the time was big, but you know, it was going to be like we were going to work in two cities. We were going to just try to build up some local coaches there and then see what happened. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And, and I mean, fast forward a few years, but we'll, we'll get back to like the, the, the whole story, but like right now, Kosovo has its own federation. It's part of the world baseball and softball confederation. And I mean, it's, it's pretty big, like for, for our region, at least. Yeah. You know, the, it, it is pretty incredible to see. Um, yeah, it's kind of a spoiler alert. Yeah, there's a federation. There's there's six clubs um, organized um, on paper at least. Um, they they are playing and, and practicing and trying to develop and grow. Um, yeah, just last fall um, seems like a lifetime ago now, yeah. but um, uh, you know Kosovo was officially voted in as a as a preliminary member to the world baseball and softball confederation in, uh, in Japan. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's amazing to kind of sit back and, and think back through the early days of that story and, and starting as kind of just this accidental thing where we were invited in to, uh, to introduce baseball or to do a baseball camp, not even with this idea towards being a countrywide initiative to now like having kids, you know, from, from border to border in that country are, are at least having the opportunity to be introduced to the game of baseball and seeing local coaches, uh, local athletes, local teachers, and, and, you know, local leaders wanting to see this, this game that's now an international game um, become part of the sports fabric of the country. So it's, it's a, it's an exciting time. Yeah, and, and for those that are listening right now and maybe are in the U.S. and don't really know what it actually takes to start something like baseball in this region, like what were your first moves? So you got, like you can't just show up and do whatever you want, right? What were your first things? Like who are the people you <laughs> talked to? What did you do? 
what was the what was the the plan going like first yeah man i mean i think sometimes we like to think that we can just show up and do whatever we want to do <laughs> um <laughs> and and obviously that's that's not realistic but um you know my first step was to was to try to reach out to anybody in the country who might be connected with the game already um obviously there's no point in in starting at the ground level if somebody's already taken a few steps. And so, um, you know, not that we want to necessarily just build on somebody else's work, but we also want to value other people's work. And so that was, that was kind of my first step was to, you know, obviously these days you can do a quick Google search, you can search Facebook accounts and you can, um, you can kind of get a clue as to, to anybody in the country who, who has an interest um, at some level. And, and that's, you know, we came across uh, the group that was playing softball and, and the core group of those guys that I, I mean, the first guy that I reached out to um, was Bess. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if you've met Bess yet, because he hasn't um, been able, he never came down to, to Scopia with us, but he's, I don't think so. um, he was, he's really like, when we talk about the guys who are, who are instrumental in this, um, he's really kind of the, one of the key guys, because he was, um, he was part of this softball group, uh, learning how to be a coach, you know, learning more about the game. Um, and then when, when the main guys who were helping him left and kind of cut off communication, he kept going. And so, you know, that's, that was cool to watch what, what he was already doing. And so to be able to come alongside him, um, and find out what they had done and, and then just kind of start building those relationships. That, mm -hmm. That's really like a lot of what has happened has been because, you know, we're trying to connect. We're trying to, um, you know, obviously we want to teach the game, but we want to learn people's stories and we want to learn why, um, you know, a big passion for me is why, you know, why baseball in this country and why baseball, you know, it's, it's like hearing your story, right? It's like, why, why does this kid come out of nowhere and suddenly want to start baseball and, and unfortunately get caught up rooting for, the Red Sox and you know what do you I do? Mean, it says a, it says an kid. Angels fan, but okay. <laughs> well, you know, poor kid. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of started down that process, and so you know, just started to to kind of learn what was going on, and and then at that point, you just start asking questions. Um, you know, in starting a federation, every country is different, so you know, each country's you know Ministry of Culture, Youth, and Sports, whatever that's called in their country. Um, coordinates with their Olympic committee um, to, tr to, to organize and, and to, to know to, they make the, the regulations and the requirements as to what a sports group can, has to do in order to have official recognition as a, as a federation. And so that's hard. That's hard because most of these federations that exist have been around from the very beginning, um, especially in a country like Kosovo where their political infrastructure is so young, um, a lot of the, a lot of the, the kind of, um, the non-political social entities that are necessary, um, the non-governmental agencies or non-governmental organizations, those kind of grew up at the same time. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the basketball federation, the football federation, the handball federation, all those were already there and they just kind of they were already organized. And so it was just a, a simple process of giving them the certificate basically. Um, but we were starting at the ground level, like we were starting from scratch. And so, um, you know, the, we had to organize, you know, the regulations at that point for, for Kosovo is that we had to have five clubs that had their own individual organization that had their own, 
um, individual leadership. And so we, um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, we, we had to have two clubs or we thought we were going to do work with two cities. And then suddenly I'm like, Oh, now we got to do three more cities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but amazingly that, you know, the, the relational network just kind of, you know, people started hearing about what was going on and, and there were individuals that wanted to be a part of it. And we had some key individuals that were, were, um, that I got introduced to that were helping us that, that they were able to go to other locations and say, Hey, this is something you should do. And, um, and within six months we had, we had the leadership structure for all five clubs. Actually we had six clubs that were ready to go. And, um, and so it was just a matter of people who were willing to do some work. Um, and, and obviously that, that, that's been kind of a, even though there's been a lot of success, you know, we're still, we still don't have any fields in, in Kosovo. Um, as you know, you know, that's a challenge as well. I know you guys know. And, uh, um, and many of the, many of the young people who are involved are still like yourself, like at that university age where, you know, they're making life decisions and, and sometimes playing this obscure sport is the thing that gets lost in the decision-making process. And so, um, and yet here we are, um, you know, 2020, you know, six years after, after we first were introduced, um, we have the base, the basis for a national league, a basis for, for little league programs getting started up, started up and, and a basis for growing the game beyond just a few fringe guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to ask you toward like it, my last question is going to be like, what, how do you present baseball to people that think it's boring, but we'll, we'll finish on that. Instead, I wanted to go right now with, because you don't stay in Kosovo, right? Uh, so this thing starts, but you move back to the U.S. What happens during that period? Yeah. Um, you know, when, when we moved over to Kosovo, we, we just kind of did it um, with us as you know, our family. And, and uh, we, we operate, you know, we're, we're Christian missionaries. So, like, we operate within a, 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 an organizational structure that, you know, we raise financial support from people in the States who, who you know, desire to see um, young people at least introduced to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, a lot of times when you do that, you kind of move into a new country and it's hard. Um, you know, anytime you move to a new country, if you don't have a good support, I mean, you can probably speak to this as well in your experience coming to the States, uh, the, the culture shock is real. No matter yeah. where you're going, where you're coming from, it's different. And it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just different. And so um, for us, we, we had some great friends in Kosovo and have some great friends in Kosovo. But for us as a family, it's just, it was a challenge. Um, it was hard and we didn't have the finances necessarily that we needed. So we moved back. Um, and yet, you know, we thought, oh man, we're leaving. It's all going to fall apart. You know, oh, this is going to, who's going to do this? And, and, you know, again, the goal has always been to train local coaches um, to, to develop leaders within the country who can keep it going um, and really trying to equip them and give them the skills um, that they need to, to kind of keep going. And fortunately we had those guys in Kosovo. Um, you know, they're, they're learning, they're growing. There's still a lot to learn in terms of baseball, um, but they have a passion to, to figure it out. And so we actually saw some pretty good growth um, after we left. So actually getting out of the way was probably helpful because then it could, um, could really take on its own identity and, and the leaders could really 
it was really a test of like, is this a real thing or is this just something new and cool? But, um, you know, but it has some, some roots and some, some, some holds. So, so now we, we live in California, um, but we're actually planning on moving back to Austria next year. Cause, cause even as all this was going on in Kosovo, like I wasn't only focused on Kosovo. Um, I ended up, you know, having a conversation with you and, and, you know, becoming invested in the work that all you guys are doing down in Skopje and, and to see the growth of the sluggers and kind of seeing what you're doing. Um, getting to be a part of that has been, a, uh, you know, an exciting opportunity. And then to, to be involved with, with his print ministries and with the, um, you know, in CSOC with the Storks, uh, to see what they're doing there and to be a part of that and to have invitations into clubs in Italy and, and to work with Terry up in, up in Budapest, you know, all these things have, have opened up and I have a desire to kind of go everywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's just, it's a passion of mine. And so, so Austria is pretty centrally located. And so we're going to be able to be there, have a, have a group of people around us that, you know, we know we have the support and, and all that and uh, schooling support and stuff for our family, for our daughter. And, um, but to, but to then be able to travel throughout the region to help train coaches, to, to not be the guy that's always there, but to be the guy that, that kind of can come in, help train, um, encourage, like keep going, you know, that type of thing. And then bust back out and let you guys do the work. Yeah. And, and that was like where some, that was, a place where I wanted to go uh, and like to further this conversation is how important it is to have people uh, like it's like you said like there's us in Skopje there's his friend in Croatia Terry in Budapest like how important it is to have like a community of people for the growth of the sport because I know for us it has been instrumental to be able to go to a tournament in CSAC and play on an actual baseball field or have a tournament in Budapest and play against teams that are really good. And I mean, it shows how much we need to grow, but, but also it shows us where we can be in the future. So what do you think about like just the, the community aspect of it? Well, I think the, the community aspect of baseball is everything. Um, I, you know, I think the game the game in and of itself is, is what it is, right? It's, it's, you're either going to understand it and love it or you're not. Um, but I saw this, I saw this in Austria specifically. I saw like groups of people who had very little in common except for, you know, this love of baseball. And so they came together, um, you know, they've kind of built up this, this sufficient community where they can hang out, you know, families, families grow up together. They, they go on vacations together um, through baseball oftentimes, um, but they have this, this really cool connection. Um, even more so as you start talking about crossing borders, uh, especially for countries that are developing um, as we look into Southeastern Europe um, with, um, with all these countries that are just getting going there, you know, you can only play against the same people so often. Um, and when you're the only team in a country, <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to travel. And so, so being dependent on, on other countries growing and, and these other teams, it's, it's necessary for the growth. Um, I think it's also really important for the long term. You know, maybe this is making a bigger deal of it than, than I need to, but I think it really helps the, the long-term sustainability and, and stability of a region if you have if you have 
places that are obviously sports can can become very very contentious and we can have you know we see that from from football matches and things like that where nationalistic pride comes in and there's you know there's there's fights on the field or whatever but on the flip side of that coin is that sports can be used to draw people together so if if kids who have grown up in macedonia their whole life have never met anybody from Kosovo, even just the border up, right? And there's all these, you know, and vice versa, right? You know, a kid in, in Kosovo has never met anybody in Macedonia. And there's all, there's all these conflicting stories as to who people are. And, and maybe being able to come together in, in a baseball game um, where they're both on the fringe, um, where, you know, they haven't grown up necessarily playing the game, their parents aren't invested as much in the game. But it, but it allows this shared thing to become a unifier. And so if, if now you've got, now you've got kids from around the region that has been historically a very tumultuous region um, can now be, you know, just saying, hey, no, like I, I've played with this guy. Like I know him. I've spent time with him. That's not how they are. Um, maybe, maybe there's something at, that can, can be a seed of, of, of peace that comes out of that or just understanding. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, as, as you touched on an important thing, you said something about being able to see what it looks like, um, getting a glimpse for what a baseball field and a complex, a baseball complex could look like helps helps grow vision within your own country. And so like you might be driving around, there's plenty of places to, I know in you know Macedonia, there's plenty of space. <laughs> I mean, that's goes both the same way. There's plenty oh, yeah. of space, but to, but to be able to say, Hey, I've seen this and I've seen the value that it can bring to a community. Um, I think when you get, you know, even if you go over to, to Bulgaria, I know in Sofia, they've got very nice baseball complexes. And so to be able to see that and say, okay, well, this has happened in a country that's kind of like ours. Um, maybe maybe we can convince the the people who have some control some power we can convince them that this is a, a positive thing um so i think just that 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 sense of being able to build bridges between communities to build build relationships amongst amongst uh, young people that would never really have that opportunity um you know we did a coaches clinic in in csoc where there were guys who had literally fought against each other in a war Right, like guys who were both in the military during during uh, you know some of the Yugoslav wars just twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, and they were sharing stories. How they were on opposite lines of the battlefield, and now here they are sharing a meal, learning about a game that they love. I mean, that's amazing, right? It should send chills up your body to 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 kind of consider what that means to really sit down and consider especially when you know the history of of the region um that's a big deal and it can be a big deal and so you know as we talk about just a silly thing like baseball it has these these huge potential effects on on society and 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 relationships with people so yeah definitely and like i think one of the main things that kind of Steep kills me, keeps me going with the baseball thing here, even though it's like, it's a lack of Macedonians who know the sport, it's a lack of support that we get from the, the government and just everyone in, in the country. It's like you guys coming over last year for like a, a week, I mean, a, a few days, an extended period of time, and just being able to meet you in person finally and then meet Taki and Yetan and, and just the other guys and girls on the team and play and learn from you guys and see what is possible with an even smaller country that is Kosovo 
uh, and a country that it's disputed, a country that you 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 said a little bit like the whole political structure, it's unknown, like no one knows what's happening, uh, especially with uh, regards to Serbia and like being able to see what actually could be a possibility in Macedonia is something that, I mean, frankly, it keeps me going. And uh, yeah. just being able, like when I was registering the team, I hit up Taki and I was like, hey, can you send me your documents so I know what to do? Even though, again, it's different countries, different regulations, but I can copy things when I need to. It's just like, just being able to message him and it's like, hey, I need this. Can you can you send it to me? And then he send it, translate it. it it's just a, a huge thing. And even like at the end of the day, if, we don't, I mean, I always say I want to see Macedonia on a, on the Olympics in like 10 to 15 years, but even if that doesn't happen, all the friendships and all the fun games and all the, like the practices, the, the coaches clinics, everything that have, that we have done, I think it's going to, it's going to stay with me and I mean, with us. So uh, at the end of the day, I think that's all worth it. Uh, no matter what the result would be. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if, you know, we always, think that this has to be something big right and obviously the olympics is is the is the penultimate or the ultimate i guess not the penultimate but the ultimate uh um goal to reach as a as a nation um and realistically that's you know we're going to be long gone probably uh and not even seeing what's happening by the time that happens um if it happens but that like you said doesn't really matter right like if, if there's two teams that are playing that are active that have their own field that um and even you know even even if down the road there is a spot for kids in macedonia who don't like football who don't play basketball um who just want to play this game and if there is a spot for them where they can be part of a community then you know then those memories that you have now um are possible, right? Like these, these kids that might never get a chance to travel outside their borders, but then suddenly there's this baseball team and there's a group of people that are willing to throw them in a van and go up to a tournament, play for a weekend and come right back, you know, like that, you know, if there's that for even just a, a handful of kids, then I think the the generational impact that you have through that is huge, right? right? Because then they have a vision for what their kids could do. And, and, you know, if there's hope, there's hope for something else, something more, um, or even just something different within the, the current structure, then, then it's worth it. And it's fun. And, and it's, and it's cool to see and to know that there's people that have that shared memory and, um, and have that same hope for, for the future. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. And just like, you know, the base, like when we, when I think about baseball, I think about community. Uh, that's how I started. I mean, we've talked about it. That's like, that's what got me into it. My baseball team in high school, it wasn't some player or, or anything or a home run or, or something. It was the community I got out of it. And I, I think that, I mean, it, it's hard to explain that to people. They need to, to see it uh, first and experience it for themselves. It's just hard to put it in words uh, because all they want to know is, okay, what's baseball? How do you play it? What are the rules? And I mean, I can tell you the rules, I can tell you what, how it's played, but it might sound boring and unless you see it, unless you come to a game, you're not gonna get it. And I mean, we could go on and on and talking about 
all of the aspects of the game and everything that we're doing, but I don't want to drag it too, too much. I want people to really uh, hear what we are saying and especially you. So like my, my last couple of questions would be like, what is next for Kosovo? And what is, like you said, you're, you, yeah, you guys are moving back to Austria, but what's next? Uh, what are your plans and the hopes for, for the next couple of years? Yeah, so uh, this year was supposed to be the year that we were going to start the Kosovo national team program. Um, obviously, uh, there's been some other plans uh, that have our sister Rona uh, decided to, to not let us do that. So, um, uh, man. Um, so the goal to, to the future is to continue in Kosovo specifically, continue to come alongside the leaders that are there. Um, you know, the, the coaches that the half dozen coaches that love the game that want to invest in the youth, you know, I'm going to spend time with them. Um, my goal is to raise up coaches and train. Um, I hope, you know, be able to spend more time with you uh, to, to be able to spend more time with, with guys who are throughout the region who, who just, you know, want to continue moving on, but just need, need somebody to walk alongside them. And it's not that I can give you much more. Cause I mean, you can go online and you can get all the training you need. Right. But like, but that, but you're not going to get the encouragement of somebody coming alongside you. And so um, my hope is to be able to, to continue to do that with uh, the, the young men and women um, younger than I, at least uh, who have, who have this passion and, you know, and I have the honor of being able to, to work with, I mean, it's, it's a cool thing to be able to be part of this generation um, of baseball pioneers uh, within within um southeastern europe specifically um and then in you know the work in austria is you know i'm gonna get back you know i've, I've stayed connected with the baseball guys there for quite a while and um you know lots of visits back and i hope to be able to reconnect and be part of 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 the baseball community there um we're working on on maybe developing some indoor training facilities throughout western europe that can be then kind of hubs of baseball training for the region um, so we've got a lot of a lot of cool things in store um to really come alongside the local local baseball guys to help grow the game to get more kids interested to provide to try to connect resources um that that don't necessarily exist in in europe on a broad scale um, and try to try to build those types of resources within within the continent so that we could get more um you know more players the experience to be able to compete in the world stage because i mean the stuff that the kids in the states are doing it you know it, they're playing more games in a month than most of europe is playing in a year and and to that's not good, um, but but also that just the level of experience becomes so skewed um, that it makes it hard to catch up. And so, you know, if we can, if we, you know, those of us who love European baseball and and love the people who are who are playing baseball in Europe, if we can come alongside you guys and others, um, you know, then maybe we can do something that has an impact for for years to come. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, uh, especially, especially just being able to uh, upgrade the things that we have or don't have. Uh, and, and those facilities and those fields and just the opportunity to play, play ball is a huge, huge thing, even though people might not even think about it, but when you're the only team in the country, you you know when you get and play against someone who is training 
the entire season is playing in a league or playing against different teams every week. So important. And uh, I know like for our kids in Skopje, it's so frustrating for them to like, you know, you go to a tournament three days, the first two days, you can't hit anything because you're not used to that. And by the time you actually get warmed up and ready to go, the tournament is over. So I definitely like, that's one of the key things that, you know, will only help the kids and, and will only help the growth of baseball in, in Europe and, and I mean, elsewhere too. Uh, but yeah, so last question, how, like someone from any country, you can pick the country in Europe comes to you and tells you baseball is boring. I don't like it. It convinced me otherwise. What would you tell them? Well, I think I'd, I'd try to get together a group for them to play with. Um, I think I think that's the only way. Um, because if you watch the game and you don't know what you're looking at, um, you know, it, it's going to seem boring because, you know, often, oftentimes we – boredom is, is simply a, a result of a um, unengaged mind. And that's not because their mind – you know, they're not capable of engaging. It's just because there's nothing that catches. Um, and so – um, I think the idea of being able to um, play a game and whether that's a game of kickball, whether that's a game of wiffle ball, um, whether that's hitting water balloons with a bat, you know, whatever it is, right. Giving that experience of, of, um, of just being able to play the game. I think that's where, you know, once you experience something and you know, once you experience something, then, then you can, you can start to engage on it on a, on a level that, you kind of get the boredom side out of it and say, all right, this is a challenge. I want to learn how to play this. And um, I think too, it's, it's, it's important to like remind people like their identity doesn't have to go away if they start playing baseball. So like, you know, we had a couple of guys in Kosovo who are football players, right. And they're, you know, we are footballers. <laughs> and it's like, well, if I start playing baseball, then I can't play football anymore. And it's like, well, no, that's, you know, it's, it's totally cool to, to be both. And, and it's, it's good to, to have this experience and your athleticism in, in the game that you love can transfer over into a game where you're going to be challenged. I think a lot of times guys are just scared of, of that new game and they're scared of failure. I mean, so I think, um, so I guess that's a long answer to say, get them playing, but, but figure out a way that they can play with a high amount of success. So, so you figure out how, you know, that's why kickball is, is a great way to introduce a game throughout Europe because you can get the movements of the game while not, wor- while not worrying about the mechanics of the game. Um, and, and then obviously having, having bigger, you know, even playing with like, a, like one of those, you know, uh, lightweight, footballs that you can buy in a, in a store someplace, right? Uh, it's something that's a bigger target that kids yeah. can hit. So you, so you provide options for kids to, for kids and young people to, to play the game with high success so that then you can start to whittle it down once they're hooked. Say, hey, this is actually kind of fun. Then you start to bring in the challenge. And so I think, you know, once, once you're able to do that um, and get, you know, kids introduced and, and you, you welcome them and, and have them to be part of it. Um, you know, you're going to get more and more people that want to play. I think history plays that out. you look at other countries that have started, you know, Austria is a good example of that, that started with guys like you who came back from uh, it's, it's crazy how the, how the story is so similar, right? Like who came back from a time in the States as a student, they came back with a glove and a bat and they just wanted to recreate what they experienced. And it takes 
20 to 30 years. Um, but now we start to see that, you know, that there's more and more kids that want to play and there's yeah. programs in schools and things like that. So it's, so it's bringing people in letting them have fun and not giving up when those kids don't, don't like it. And that's fine. Right. It's like not taking it personally. Like, all right, well, you don't like the game. No problem. You know, maybe you'll come out again. I don't know, but uh, you know, it, it's just the opportunities to, to get more kids playing will then, you know, because kid, friends come along with friends and so, you know, you start getting those social groups that, that they just stick together, whether they really like the game or not, they just want to be with their friends. And so that kind of builds up the, uh, builds up the community. Agreed. And yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for just uh, spending this hour uh, on the call with me and being able to talk about all these different things. Hopefully the next time we uh, we do this kind of thing. Uh, we'll be uh, in person without Corona when you guys are here and you can tell us even more stories about it if this podcast even continues. So we'll see. You, you can you will either be our lucky charm from the beginning or, <laughs> or this is going to be it. Uh, well, but- yeah. I mean, the, the stories that are out there are incredible. I mean, the just the 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 types of young people and now old people who are part of the game, um, the things that they've had to go through and the things that they've done, um, they transcend the game, um, but then they also bring like great color to the game itself. And so to be able to share those stories, to be able to hear those stories, I think it, um, you know, baseball stories can become run of the mill. Um, but I think when you start talking about the different ways that people have worked within their context to build the game, you should have a podcast that continues on for hundreds of episodes because there's there's that many, if not more, stories that are that are just waiting to be told. So, um, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you will continue, you know, subscribe and continue to listen to these stories because I think it's important for the growth of the game. Oh yeah, uh, and since you mentioned the Red Sox at some point of this podcast, I gotta ask you how bad the Angels are gonna be this season if it happens. <laughs> Oh man. Well, they should be, they should be one of the best teams in baseball. I mean, they've got, they've got generational stars that, that, uh, that have had a huge impact on the game and will have a huge impact on the game. But there's some reason that like our pitching staff cannot stay healthy. And like, I I almost think that like Artie Moreno has, you know, has invested in a, um, in a guy doing Tommy John surgery and he's getting a kickback from every kid that, that goes in with <laughs> arm injuries because it's just, it's, it, 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 you know, my son sent me a text a couple of days ago um, of one of the young pitchers who was out because he had to get uh, Tommy John and, <laughs> and he's like, it's starting already. And you know, if the angels could get their act together and, and have some, some solid pitching, um, you know, it's like any, any team, right. If, uh, right. you know, pitching wins championships. Um, I think the angels are, have, have, have just kind of descended into mediocrity, even though they have, you know, you know, they have the best player in baseball, um, and a former best player in baseball on the same roster. Um, they should be, it's a fun, you know, it's still fun, fun to watch. Um, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate that we can't go into the stadium and, and watch the game live, but you know, TV's good, hey, I guess. At, at least we at <laughs> least we get at least we get some ball. But hey, if, if nothing else, I think you guys are gonna be finally better than the Red Sox this year. So that finally. will finally happen. Please, I think you you 
and not to be totally condescending young man, but like <laughs> the Red Sox sucked for a long time. <laughs> and so like for them to suddenly like break this, this curse. And now suddenly the, the, you know, the greatest team in baseball. I mean, you gotta, there's one thing about Boston, Boston and, and Yankees fans, man. They're just, they, <laughs> they, even in their worst season, they, they seem to have some claim on being great. And so if there's one one benefit out of this is not seeing so many you know Boston fans who um, who come out of nowhere and 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 pollute Anaheim Stadium. It's <laughs> <laughs> there's a silver lining. So oh man, oh. yeah, it, it's it's funny to have the that's part of the the fun of baseball, right? Is being oh yeah, able to crash and, and something that neither of us have any control over. <laughs> and yet we can we can take some sort of pride in, in oh yeah this team that we've decided to connect with so hey i we, I, I don't think i would have had it any other way so uh yeah, it'd be boring if we were both fans of the same team no definitely definitely which it's good to have one like one person in like the the group that is maybe with you but Everyone now. So I think you got Yetan, I got Joel, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, that's that's been one thing about being able to introduce the game in Kosovo is that I've brought over so much Angels swag, um, yeah, you know, from different giveaways and donations from guys on the Angels and, and just being able to to just build up build up a fan base <laughs> in, in this in this small nation has been has been huge, but um unfortunately i think joel joel uh brought melita over to the yep, dark side yep, and so yep. she's got it's the... three through it's three through <laughs> well i've got a few i've got a few more more angels fans in in uh in kosovo that you haven't met yet so yeah well once i meet them they can get on the board but until then coach uh i hope Fair you enough. yeah i hope you stay safe hope your road trip goes great and keep us posted Thanks, bud. I'm I'm looking forward to see uh, see what you do with this podcast uh, for continued success, and hopefully, there's more people that are interested in the stories. And we're back. Okay, I hope you enjoy the interview with Coach Michael. I know I had fun with it, uh, and man, there was a lot more to be said we even stayed like an extra an hour after we stopped recording it was so much fun uh coach is one of those people that is really uh passionate about baseball and wants to expand it especially in this part of europe uh and we'll definitely have him on the show uh once or twice or three time like three time thrice again (laughs) but we'll see we'll see Hey, let's yeah, let's let's see what happens. I hope he's gonna be our lucky charm, and we'll continue to have this podcast going further as he's our first guest. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. for the end of this show, and for the end of any any of our episodes, we'll we wanted to uh, choose some fun uh, topic and explore it and talk about it and and have fun with it. Uh, I, one thing if I can say about the MLB social media presence is that I love their Instagram account. 
they're posting all kinds of funny stuff and sometimes they respond to comments and all that. So it's, it's fun to follow MLB. It's fun to follow some of the teams as well. Uh, they have fun with it. They have uh, some interesting stuff they put out on a daily basis. So why I'm saying this is because the other day they posted uh, eight, I think it's, yeah, eight matchups and they call it the Inter-Squad Showdown and with the caption, who are you taking this matchup? So I was thinking we could have fun with it. And uh, Ross and I were going to go over and choose our guys on the list. Uh, so the first, uh, and I would add that after that, we, we can compare our teams and see who, who has won. I think that's, that's, that's only fair if we do that. Right? All right. All right. Okay. Let's start with the Astros. So, Justin Verlander versus Alex Bregman. Who you got? Who I got? Uh, this is a good one. Justin Verlander has a nasty curveball, a nasty fastball, a good changeup. I'm pretty sure he has a couple other ones that just are, are so nasty that you can't even watch them but Alex Bregman knows how to hit um I feel like if you look at his swing mechanics I love his swing mechanics because it's so short and it's so sweet and he just knows how to hit he's one of the smartest hitters in baseball and no matter like I feel like and Justin Verlander's age is getting up there I feel like Alex Bregman definitely I feel like is going to win maybe half the battles, maybe, maybe three quarters. We'll see because he's, he's good. Like he's a smart hitter, even though there was that scandal in uh, with the Astros, he's a, he's a better hitter than, than people are giving him credit now for. So he's, he, I think I'm taking him first. You got, you got Bergman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree about the mechanics. I know he's a good hitter, but man, I can't, I just can't shake it. I can't choose him. It just, I got to go with the Verlander. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a, it's a pretty clear cut case for me. I just, I don't like Bergman. I don't like how he's handled uh, the cheating scandal, any of it. So I'll go with the Verland with, JV, uh, let's yeah, it's not much I can say about that. Let's go with the Padres, uh, Chris Paddock. Is that correct pronunciation? Yeah, Chris Paddock, Chris Paddock versus Fernando Tatis, or again, correct pronunciation? Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. All right, who, who do we got here? Oh man. So I don't personally care for Fernando Tatis Jr. I feel like I'm ever since Machado joined the the Padres, I wasn't a big Machado fan after watching the way he played in the World Series with the Dodgers. I was like I'm not a big fan of this player. And so that that bothered me a little bit. And now along comes this young 
sidekick or potentially even superstar that's going to supersede Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. It's – I don't I, – I, he, he's good. He's fast, but he's cocky. And, like, you can just see it in the way that plays the game. He knows – he loves the game, and, he, and he's hungry to play the game, but he, he knows he's good. I mean, all of these players do, to be fair, but just – I'm feeling I'm feeling like Chris Paddock brings a little bit more of a hunger to the table, and I want someone like that on my team for this one. So Chris Paddock, they even brought him down to the minor leagues the middle of the season. He could have won Rookie of the Year, but they wanted to develop him even further. So he's back, and he wants to stay. So, and he's hungry, and he's going to work. So I'm taking Chris Paddock in this inner squad matchup right here. I'll go. I'll go with Paddock too. I think he's a good pitcher. I think he's gonna have a great season. From what I've been able to research on him before this episode, I think he's been he's looked really good uh, in preseason. I think he's gonna look uh, pretty pretty good after the season starts. Uh, no, I think I think it's pretty clear cut case again. I. I don't want cocky guys on my team. Uh, good. I mean, I'll take I'll take a Javi Baez, but I don't know, not Fernando Tatis. Just something about him bothers me. Yeah, I like. I was. I'm just reading this. The, how they squared against each other. Tatis had a monster home run off of him, but he like Paddock oh. took 71 pitches, get through six innings. Uh, yeah, 80, 87 pitches the day before, or yeah, so, so yeah, 86. So he struck out eight and threw 87 pitches to uh, get through six innings on Saturday, and then on Sunday he took 71 pitches to get through six, six innings, uh, and then allowed the homer uh, of. Uh, that is so I would go with Paddock I think he looks great I think he's gonna be uh he's gonna be great he's he's the presenting uh opening day starter for the Padres I think Padres are gonna be good so uh I would go kind of copy you on that one and then let's go with probably the the hardest one for me the Angels uh Showtime against Mike Trout I don't know, man. I I, I I tried to convince myself to not choose Mike Trout, and then every time I'm like, it's it's Mike Trout. So what do you do? Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Shohei Otani is an amazing pitcher. But honestly, I see him giving up a walk to Mike Trout. Mike Trout swings at good pitches, and maybe – Shohei Otani will get a couple other people blowing by 101 all over the place. Not saying that he's wildly inaccurate, but I'm saying that Mike Trout is a smart hitter. And he, again, clean mechanics, clean swing. I see him taking several walks, getting a couple strikeouts, and definitely getting some doubles off of Otani. Yeah, I, yeah, I picked Trout here. It's not even... Yeah, I yeah, I'll go with Trout. 
any any day. I like I, I like me some Showtime, but we'll see. We'll see how how he yeah. he, he comes back from the injury. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, you go with the Trout too, right? Yeah, I'm going Trout too. Okay, so the easiest one for me: Clayton Kershaw versus Mookie Betts and the Dodgers. I mean, I'll Easy. just say rings matter. If anything, Mookie Betts, easy one. Man, Clayton Kershaw can, yeah, can come back and, and give me some good postseason run, and then I'll consider him. But I don't think even then I'll choose him over Mookie Betts. So. I, I like Kershaw, but his, his just fastball is slowing down. He's getting older. Good curveball. Um, multi, both curveballs that he has is 12-6, and I think he has a different – curveball grip that he throws as well but I just see Mookie Betts just having really good contact off of him just Mookie Betts knows can, can get the bat on the barrel that's why I think he's not a big strikeout dude so I'm, I'm seeing uh, Mookie Betts getting several knocks off of playing curse so this one's easy for me as well yep then we we move along to the Mets where we have Jacob DeGrom versus Pete Alonso. Who do you got? On this one, I got DeGrom. It just – I like Pete Alonzo, but DeGrom is just nasty. Pete Alonzo, like, he, he can definitely get some home runs off of good pitchers, but this is a different level of good pitcher that we're facing. Jacob DeGrom is hungry, and he knows how to strike out the player. And – I don't see Pete Alonso really teeing off on, on him that often. I just see Jacob DeGrom hitting his, his spots with his fastball, his curveball. I think he has a slider. Just he knows what he's doing. I'll, I'll – I mean, not that I disagree with you, but I'll go with Pete Alonso. I think he had a monster season last year. He If he doesn't get injured, I think he's going to grab a great season this year as well. Uh man, it's a tough one. Degrom is a great pitcher. You 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 just said why he is that, but Pete Alonso, he's gonna be, he's gonna he's gonna continue his progress from last year. And man, only the sky is the limit for for him. So I'll go with Pete here. Uh, next up, Yankees. Garrett Cole versus Aaron Judge, and I have to go first here. I, I got to go with Eric, Garrett Cole. He hasn't played still for the Yankees, so that makes him better in my eyes and can't stay Aaron Judge, even though Judge is pretty good. Uh, and he's probably going to have a really great season if he stays healthy. I'll, I got to go with Garrett Cole. I I agree. I probably would take Garrett Cole under most circumstances, but because you took him, I'm going with Aaron Judge. I feel like might as well get a big dude in there. He he's gonna eventually he's gonna get lucky off of uh, Garrett Cole, and it, when he does, it's gonna go far. So I'm gonna say that I'm gonna take the home run from Aaron Judge every every probably like eight at bats against Garrett Cole. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm gonna take the strikeout, but sure. True. True. And a lot of strikeouts. Oh yeah. Uh, Walker. Walker. Uh, Walker 
Bueller versus Cody, Cody Bellinger. Another Dodgers yeah. matchup. I don't like Bellinger and I don't like Bueller, but I'm going to go with Bueller because I like him a little bit more. Again, young pitcher knows what he's doing. Not super cocky, but he's confident. You can kind of see him up there. Um, righty lefty matchup. It favors Bellinger, but I just feel like sometimes I see Bellinger taking really big hacks at it, and I don't see him being able to get away with that with Walker Bueller. Yeah, I think I I'm just looking at my my roster for now. I have Verlander picked and Cole, and I have Paddock. So, man, might as well get a hitter on. Uh, have good, better pitching than you have. So, uh, I'll I'll go with Bellinger here, and yeah, the last one, Mark Scherzer. Versus Juan Soto, the Nats, Insta Squad uh, showdown. What do you think? Juan Soto's good, but he's young and he's not. He's not there. Max Scherzer is a veteran and maybe the most competitive player in baseball. I don't see him letting Juan Soto do his Soto shuffle and getting away with it. I see him. Striking out with fastballs, curveballs, sliders, and changeups. That's what I see him doing. Just, just nasty. If you see Max Scherzer pitch in like um, an ESPN game where they get a little bit better sound up there, you can just hear the grunts coming off of him. Where he's just, mm, just it's just he he like when you look at his game, you're like, wow, that's a that's a competitive baseball player. And as a pitcher, that he becomes even more scary. So I'm going with Max Scherzer. To be honest, this is not even that hard for me, my personal opinion. Like, for me, it's hard because I chose both of them to win, like Soto to win the MVP and then Mark, Max Scherzer to win the Cy Young Award. So it's tough, but I think I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with uh, – man, stuff. Okay, I'm going to play strategically like every coach would. Because you choose, you chose Max. I'll choose him the same because that will cancel him. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean that way I still have better pitching than you have, and and we'll we'll see about we'll see about hitting. Um, so let's see. You got Bregman, Baddock, Trout. Bats, DeGrom, you have Judge, Bueller, and Max Scherzer. And then I have Verlander, Paddock. I have Trout, Bats, Pete Alonzo, Cole, Bellinger, and Max Scherzer. Uh, a couple of the same dudes still have – I think I have the better team, but – Whoa, 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 all right. Cross out all the same people that we have. Okay, Basically, so... everyone always looks the same. They, they cancel each other out. Yeah, so Trout, Betts, Paddock, uh, Max Scherzer. Okay. So, it's Bregman, DeGrom, Judge, and Bueller versus Verlander, Pete Alonzo, Cole, and Bellinger. I, I think I take the easy win right there. 
I'm betting team. I don't know about that. I got I got Verlander and Cole, which are better than your pitchers. And, and man, I have Bellinger. And I have Pete Alonso. Jared. Okay, but yeah, Pete Alonso, those are those are big, those are swing or miss guys. Bregman is more contact. And who else do I got? Who else did I have? I have Judge. Judge. Yeah, Judge is swing or miss. So but 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 Bregman and Judge make up for it. Like just the the home run of Judge is gonna go further than anybody else's. No, dude. Okay, so why don't we do that? Because we can't obviously agree on this. We'll we'll post this and we'll see whose team will get uh, more votes. Uh, I think we're gonna do that on Instagram. So we'll uh, be looking we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, a huge episode. Whoever listens to it until the end, yeah. kudos to you. Thank you. We took our time with it. Uh, man, that just shows you how excited we are for baseball. Yeah. We're uh, so ready, dude. I spent like my most of my morning just picking out who I was going to win the division in. I was like, dude, it's baseball season. Am I right? It's, it's, I, I just – I don't think I'll, I'll be like – Watching the Red Sox on opening day, it's probably going to make me happy as I've been in a long time. So watching like Nathan Eovaldi pitch, it man, just just thinking about it makes me so happy. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a good season. Yeah, not to not to make it any longer. Uh, please, if you like this, please uh, leave a review. The way we're going to do this is we're going to put our audio version of the podcast out full and then on YouTube we'll select a few clips that will show it and if you want to listen to the full episode you can find us on Spotify and some other app uh, and other podcasting apps. We're still not an Apple podcast but hopefully we'll get there soon. We just need to get approved first. And yeah, hope you guys stay safe. Don't uh, go anywhere without a mask and man, yeah. let's play some ball. All right. All right. <laughs>